Hi, Juliet here with a quick message before this episode starts. Everything you need to be more strategic amid the busyness of the school term is contained in the 170 plus episodes of this podcast. But sometimes you can get there a bit faster with some personalised help. I host a termly online workshop specifically designed to help the support staff within schools to make the shift from being reactive to strategic. Our next workshop is coming up soon and we're going to be reflecting on how things have gone this academic year and strategising for the academic year to come so that you can confidently prioritise your workload, overcome the obstacles that are holding you back and redirect your time and focus onto your priorities. At the end of the session, I promise you're going to be feeling more energised, ready to hit the ground running with a clear plan of action. This term's workshop is going to be run on Thursday the 16th of May, and you can find out more and book your place at www.consultjuliet.co.uk slash plan. I hope to see you there. Now, let's launch into this episode. So we are going to be seeing inflation across a whole range of items that are inputs into schooling, into education, the things that your school buys. It's going to range from food, and we're seeing commodity prices increase with grain and wheat in particular, but it's going to be across a lot of areas of food supply. We're going to see transportation increasing cost because of the energy prices increasing. And we're also going to see a significant impact, potentially like we saw in the pandemic, around supply chain issues as well. So it's not just the costs that are going up, it's the the volatility of availability that's going up. Welcome to the Independent School Podcast. Thinking and acting strategically is the key to both securing the future of your school and helping to build a more equal and just world. My name's Juliette Corbett. I'm a consultant, speaker and facilitator specialising in helping independent schools. In this podcast, I translate tried and tested strategy and fundraising techniques into a language that works for schools. So if you're a senior leader in a private school and you want your daily work to feel less exhausting and more strategic, and if you want once more to feel the joy of making the world a better place through education, then you're in the right place. Welcome and let's get started on this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this special episode, one of the series that I'm recording about the ways that schools can respond to the invasion of Ukraine. And this time we're going to be thinking about cost control. We are seeing the economic implications of the invasion of Ukraine and the sanctions on Russia are already rippling through our economy and it's just it's going to get worse basically. I spoke a little bit on the first episode within this special series about the general economic consequences of this crisis and in this one we're going to dive into specifically cost inflation. So this is inflation which is impacting on food, on commodities, on transportation and most importantly on energy. Before we dive into the detail, what I wanted to just say is we are not talking about as schools controlling costs in a sort of draconian way to minimise as much as possible, squeeze out full efficiency from all of our assets and reduce our costs across the board with no thought about the implications for our school. That is not what we are doing. What we need to be doing is to think sensibly about how we can 
be aware of and control our cost base whilst protecting the quality of the education that we are able to provide to our pupils. So that doesn't mean that we are squeezing costs out and thinking about massive redundancies all the time and the way that sort of a, a very hard-edged business might operate. But it also doesn't mean that we can ignore this issue. We cannot allow our costs to just inflate year on year on year without having them under control. So this is about gentle cost control. And this is something which your whole school community can work on together. So it's shifting the emphasis from cost control from the top to everybody having an incentive and being bought into the idea of controlling the costs within their school. Before we dive into the detail, I wanted to let you know about a free resource I've created to help you prepare your school for the coming economic impact of the invasion of Ukraine. It's a checklist of things you need to think about and take action on now, and it's designed to prompt strategic conversations around the issues that actually matter. You can download your free copy at www.consultjuliet.co.uk slash checklist. Okay, now let's continue with this week's episode. So we are going to be seeing inflation across a whole range of items that are inputs into schooling, into education, the things that your school buys. It's going to range from food, and we're seeing commodity prices increase with grain and wheat in particular, but it's going to be across a lot of areas of food supply. We're going to see transportation increasing cost because of the energy prices increasing. And we're also going to see a significant impact, potentially like we saw in the pandemic, around supply chain issues as well. So it's not just the costs that are going up, it's the the volatility of availability that's going up. And that will be particularly around um, technology, which requires the metals the commodities that are produced within Ukraine and Russia that are no longer accessible to the global market, the impact of that on the availability of certain goods as well as their costs. So across the board, you as a school want to be looking at all of these different costs and thinking about where you can find efficiencies. And the one I want to talk about particularly today is energy prices. So we have seen energy prices have already been high even before this particular crisis in Ukraine started. And they are now getting higher and higher. The energy prices are quite volatile. We're seeing potential uncertainty in the energy markets with regards to future impacts of withdrawal of Western economies from reliance on Russian oil and gas. It's impacting different economies in a different way, but basically the global picture is increasing energy prices. Now, to some extent, this is sort of a good thing. We're talking about an increase in the cost of non-renewable energy, so gas and oil, which then makes it more and more favourable for organisations, for whole economies to be switching to green energy. And that transition across the economy will inevitably be sped up by these higher prices, which is all great, but that is a medium term benefit. The short term is going to bring a lot more challenges than benefits. So one of the things that you need to be doing as a school is to reassess whether or not you could be generating renewable energy on site. And some schools will have done 
um, will have engaged companies in looking at the return on investment for some of these projects in recent years. Those should now be revisited because with higher energy prices, a project that may not have made financial sense a couple of years ago in terms of investing in renewables infrastructure on your school site may now be looking a lot more favourable because the energy prices for oil and gas are going up. So it's important to reassess anything that you've been looking at in the last few years with the new energy prices as part of your equation and also to be thinking about new ways, additional ways that you can explore to generate renewable energy on your site. And this will go hand in hand while thinking about reviewing your energy supplier in terms of if you're bringing energy in from off-site, increasingly thinking about what you can do to switch those to renewable sources as well. That's all fantastic, but it's a fairly medium-term action. You need to take action now to do the exploring and, and get the figures and make decisions, but it's actually only going to really benefit you in the medium term in terms of the, the amount of time it takes to get those projects off the ground. There's something you can be doing much more quickly than that, and that is looking at trying to shift behaviour change in your school community, so that's staff, that's pupils, to make sure that you're using energy more efficiently within your school and stopping wastage. That's the big area, stopping wastage of energy use. And although this might be an area you've looked at in the past, I think that with a renewed understanding of energy prices that all of our uh, members of our community have in their home environments all of your staff will know that their home bills are going up this issue is now back front and center and there's also a sense that by reducing energy usage we are both taking climate action which has always been important but also potentially fighting back against reliance on russian oil and gas within our economy so there's a kind of a new sense of impetus behind a behaviour change project that you could really use within your school. So three steps that I have for you for how you might want to think about behaviour change as being a way of reducing energy wastage within your school. Step number one, get everyone involved. You've probably already done some of this. You've probably already got green clubs for your pupils. You've probably got you know, maybe groups of staff who are more actively involved in trying to reduce energy wastage in their classrooms and so on. But maybe this is the time to relook at the slightly more formal structure you have around this. Time to think about potentially having a task force or having energy champions around your school, whatever structure is going to work in your community, but making sure that it's voluntary and it's harnessing those individuals in your community, staff, pupils, etc., who are really enthusiastic about energy conservation, who are really um, a little bit further ahead of the game in terms of what they're doing at home. So you can harness their ideas and their enthusiasm, get them together into a semi-formal structure, so that may be a task force or champions, whatever works for you, and then task them with the idea of them taking forward how we can shift behaviour change in your school community to reduce energy usage. The second thing you want to do is with that group, facilitate them to have a conversation about the benefits of reducing energy usage. In the, the long distant past, the message would have been you can help us save money by turning off the lights. Let's be honest, that doesn't really motivate a lot of people to know their school can save money. Yeah, a few people might be motivated by that, but not many. Then it became climate action. 
And those who are already engaged in the idea of the importance of climate action maybe are doing this already. Maybe this new idea of reducing reliance on Russian gas and oil is a new benefit that you can start talking about. You're only going to know how your school community reacts to these ideas of the benefits of reducing energy usage by asking them. So the first thing to task your new kind of semi-formal group of people who are looking at this within your school community is to get them to talk to others and to collect the idea of what are the benefits of taking action. And then you can make sure you're, you're using that, that key benefit that people feel a connection, emotional connection to in your communications across the school. Tip number three is I recommend doing this as an action sprint. We've heard about sprints in terms of coding, in terms of strategy sprints and all sorts of things. This is an action sprint, which gives you a focused period of time in which you try to shift behaviour. And it needs to be sort of about three to four weeks long. So you don't want it to be so short. You don't want it to be just one day. That's not long enough to change people's habits. But you don't want it to be sort of six months because that's just too long for people to feel that they they have to have a new focus for six months. So make it a kind of three to four week focus. Get it entirely led by that task force or those champions that you have created and get them to think about what might work in your community, whether that's around potentially competition. So kind of harnessing the idea that different houses or different departments can be in competition with each other. Maybe there are events that can be created that are, again, maybe department based or perhaps ways in which co-curricular clubs or curriculum leads could incorporate this into what they're doing. So think about the idea of competition or specific events that can happen to change behaviour. Think really clearly about what communications work for people. Yet another email is probably going to get kind of ignored, but maybe posters and emails and an assembly or two can get people to be listening to this message around this action sprint that you have to get people reducing their energy consumption and then changing habits permanently. I've also heard about an idea of stickers on equipment, which I really like. So I'm going to share this with you. This idea is around having a traffic-like system with stickers on some of your equipment where it empowers people to turn things off, where they might be a bit nervous to do that otherwise. So a red sticker might mean don't switch me off. You know, it's a mission-critical thing. It has to stay on. An amber sticker might mean ask permission to switch me off. So if you have the authority or you have permission, by all means, switch me off. And a green sticker, which obviously would be all of your lights, a lot of your computers and so on, would be anyone can switch me off. And anyone who then sees that green sticker attached to a, an electronic device that's not being used has the authority, the permission to automatically go across and switch it off. You may want to take this to the next step and have a written energy policy for your school. So having that task force that you've created to think about what are the pledges that we want staff and pupils to sign up to about the way that we behave around our energy usage? Can we incorporate that into a policy document potentially for our school or perhaps kind of a manifesto that people sign up to? And there's no reason that you couldn't have energy saving responsibilities written into your job descriptions. You could make it really formal and kind of weave it through your formal expectations for staff. So hopefully that's given you a few things to think about. It's come as no surprise to you that energy prices are increasing. 
But hopefully that's given you a few new ideas about the ways that you can take short term action to drive behaviour change in your school. I love to hear your feedback. Do let me know what you think. If this is helping you to prepare your response as a school to the impact of the invasion of Ukraine. And don't forget to check out the other episodes in the series as well. So that's it for this time. I look forward to speaking to you next time. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Independent School Podcast, the podcast that helps senior leaders in private schools to think and act more strategically, both because they want to secure the future of their school and because they want to help build a more equal and just world. You can listen in everywhere that podcasts are available. And if you want to catch up on previous episodes or follow any of the links that I've mentioned today, just head over to www.consultjuliet.com dot co dot uk slash podcast.